guys, um, I'm back. I didn't think I was going to be back so uh, quickly after last night's post, but I kind of felt like I gypped you guys a little bit, so, so let me do a little bit of a longer post, and at least kind of give you real details of how my surgery went. Um, I was lying in bed last night, kind of up, thinking about it all, and I said, hey, you know, you should really kind of know the deal <laughs> and how I feel. Um, as I mentioned yesterday, I had to do a COVID test three days before the actual surgery. Um, I don't know if I had mentioned it in the, in my very original post that I really wanted to do a double mastectomy. I still really do. Um, but I don't want to go without breasts for the rest of my life. So reconstruction is something that I, that I would need to do, um, and just because we are starting surgery is what I'm kind of leading with. And I still have to go through chemo and radiation. Um, my surgeon kind of said that, you know, um, just for, you know, appearance-wise, and I guess I've, I've heard a lot of women say it too, that they weren't satisfied with their reconstruction, the plastic surgery, or, you know, it didn't look the way they wanted it to. And my surgeon basically kind of helped me out, clarify that a little bit, just basically with chemo, radiation, what it does to the skin. Um, you know, uh, if you're doing reconstruction, a lot of times you have to put expanders in to st stretch the skin. And uh, the skin doesn't necessarily come back the way you want it to after chemo and radiation. So she said, I still definitely have the option to do a double mastectomy with reconstruction. It's just cleaner and for a better reconstruction wise I can do it later anyways I just wanted to kind of go back as to why um I chose to do the lipsectomy first um so anyways I went in on my surgery it was Tuesday April 6th I had to be there at six in the morning when I got there I think I was like the second person at the hospital and then in literally like 15 minutes um, there were eight other people there for also surgeries. I mean, not with my surgeon, but I guess getting other things done. Um, so they all brought us upstairs to the second floor where she kind of one by one got us all put into our, like, you know, you have to wear a wrist on your arm, um, identifying you. And then they all put us to our own, like identifying beds where we got dressed and wore gowns. Um, I had a nurse, she came in prior to my surgery and she kind of just went over my entire medical history. She asked a lot of questions. Um, I actually thought that was really good because I've been on, on and off a lot of different drugs the last few weeks. Um, they put me on a steroid last week for my hip because after my biopsy, I found my hip, like the biopsy of my hip, I found there's a lot more pain there. So the radiologist had um, given me a, a strong steroid to help with the pain there. But then also when I originally started my tamoxifen, which is the hormone replacement um, medication, that had um, given its own care of side effects. I don't know if um, I experienced a super severe migraine a few weeks ago and I was sent over to I went into the ER basically um 
and through a CT scan, they said something was putting pressure on my head, on my, on my eyes, basically. So I've had different information given to me, but some said it could possibly be the tamoxifen, while others have said it's not. So I've been really hesitant about taking that. So anyways, um, with these different meds and different combinations in my system, I was glad that they did a full medical, like they asked me all these questions, how I was feeling, um, anything that can possibly rule you out from doing surgery that day, they let you know, like when was the last time I had baby aspirin, when was the last time we drank, um, they also, you know, asked when I took these meds, how I was feeling, they did an ECG, they checked my heart, you know, to see if my heart, you know, if I was good to go into surgery. You know, we all watch shows where there's people going into surgery and there's complications. Um, it was nice that they did like a brief history. They checked my, they took my blood and stuff and just checked that I was, all my levels were okay. Um, some people are given um, like meds to kind of calm them down. I know that when I went in there for my biopsy on my hip, they had given me a med to kind of, um, prior to me actually going in to do my biopsy, she didn't give me anything like that. Um, I didn't need any pre-meds. They did set me up with IV. Um, all the nurses were really nice. They set me up, they got me all ready. And then my surgery was supposed to start at eight and like I thought we were gonna be late and like 8.45, the porter came over and he brought me down the hall and there was my surgeon. She was sitting in the hallway, I think just getting herself prepared. And like, I don't know if you ever seen a surgery on TV. There was like maybe four or five different people. They were all waiting in the surgery room. They brought me into this room, looked exactly like a surgery room. They all introduced themselves, um, told me who they all are. They held my hand while they gave me the gas. Um, and that was really the last I remembered. I just remember them putting the gas thing over my mouth. And next thing I know, I woke up and I was in like a alternate waiting area. The surgery had been done and I was in a lot of pain. Um, I must have, I think when I checked the time, it was around noon at that time. My throat was killing me, though. I will tell you that. My throat was killing me. I don't remember anything else from inside the surgery room after the gas went on. Um, but coming out, my throat was really sore, and I had a really bad cough, and there was like a groggle in my throat. I kind of thought I had maybe possibly COVID. Um, and then they let me know that they actually... When they put me under, they actually put a tube, like a breathing tube in my throat. So I didn't even know that. Um, so it kind of leaves your throat a little scratched up. I'm still feeling it today. And it's been, today's Thursday and I had my surgery on Tuesday. So I'm still feeling it a little bit. Um, but <clears throat> I'm, I suspect it's going to go away in a couple days. Uh, after surgery, I was in pain. She came and she gave me some pain med through the intravenous. And I was really hungry because I didn't eat all day. They said I wasn't allowed to have anything to eat. Um, I could drink black coffee three hours before my surgery. And although I tried to get up at 4.30 um, and make a cup of black coffee, uh, that baby didn't warm up until about 5 o'clock. So I actually got one 
one sip in um, before I had to wrap it up. I didn't want anything affecting my surgery. Um, anyways, once the pain med kicked in, they brought me back to the initial area where they had kind of prepped me for surgery. Um, she asked if I wanted anything to drink. At that point, I think I had a cranberry juice and they gave me a tiny muffin. I swear to God, I think I sucked that baby back in like 30 seconds. <laughs> um, and then I washed it down with some more juice because my throat is really sore. Um, I am, they told me, they said they were supposed to show me a video on how to clean my wound. Um, like they would come in and give me some long instruction and said they told me to take a nap. So that was about quarter to one. I ended up taking a nap, nap, nap. And then about like two, I think it was a little bit after two. I said, hey, you know, am I going home? Because I wasn't, the surgery all was to take place during the day. There's no overnights due to COVID. So I was probably in and out that day. Um, so about two o'clock, I asked if I was going home and they said, okay, yeah, well, they went over a very brief summary. They gave me some stuff and told me the home care nurse would come and clean my my bandage and called my daughter and my daughter came and picked me up. She picked me up a little bit after three. And then we ran over to Shoppers Drug Mart and picked up my medication. Um, she did all that fun stuff. I stayed in the car. I was too exhausted. Um, but let me tell you, the Tylenol 3 uh, definitely helped with the pain in my arm. I mean, it's not like, I'm not, it's not throbbing pain every minute. It's just, it's just, um, it's there. And you tend to feel the burning underneath the armpit, probably more so. Anyways, the same night, I, I really didn't sleep that well. I slept upright. Um, and the tamoxifen, that's the problem with the tamoxifen. The hormone pills gives me insomnia. So the drugs make me drowsy for like literally about 15, 20 minutes after. I can doze off for about an hour. But that's it. Then I'm back up again, wide awake. Um, so sleep has not really been my friend the last couple of days. And I think that's why I was so kind of out of it yesterday. Um, but anyways, I mean, other than that, I kind of felt okay. So my parents and my daughter, they left yesterday. Last night, I took it on my first night by myself. I had some thoughts... I had time to think about that and my just this whole cancer experience and what it really does to you. Um, my aunt, she actually in the middle, I don't know where she decided to do it, but she did it just out of nowhere. She sends me this photo last night of herself, no makeup. She's wearing her stocking on her head and she's wearing her glasses. And she said, I just want you to know you're not alone. And I don't know, when she sent me that, it just was like, I didn't want her to be alone. Like, when people get vulnerable like that, I didn't want her to be alone. So I took this raw photo of myself. I looked horrible. Like, I, it's the worst photo I think I've ever seen of myself, ever. 
but she shared this thing with me and I I just wanted to share it back with her and I took this photo and I swear to God I'm looking at the lines I'm looking at the redness around my lips I'm looking at how swollen my face I just looked so busted and I sent it to her and I don't know what it is but ever since I sent that photo that's all I've been thinking about it's just about how open and bare this whole journey has really been for me because you really have to let people you probably haven't spoken to in years in you have to ask for help you have to show people like the worst parts of yourself it's very 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 raw um it's very bare. I, I see some ladies and I see them online and they, you know, they do their face up every time they go to chemo. And I say the same thing. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure, you know, I don't look bad. And they sent me this awesome beauty kit last week too, with like $200 worth of makeup, which I love. But the truth is, this is just not going to be a great journey. Like it hit me last night when I saw that photo. I'm like, holy shit. It's about to get seriously ugly. Like the surgery is just the topping on the iceberg. Everything else is going to kind of like flow from here. Radiation, chemo, the burnt skin, the tiredness, the vomiting, the sickness, more weight gain, probably a lot more surgeries, <laughs> um, more scans because I'm going to have to do them on a consistent basis all the time. Uh, to check to see if my cancer spread, you know, the thought and scare of reoccurrence. And then all of this and the bear it, it takes on your family and your friends and your kids. And everybody's trying so hard to be so nice and supportive. And it's like, holy shit, I'm, I never wanted to be a burden. And now I kind of feel like I'm a freaking burden because you're like, they're having to put themselves out there for you and you um you know and I feel so bad about that because I never wanted people to fuss about me and I don't like doing things for myself and it just I don't know I just I'm trying so hard to meet everybody where they are um and I realize it takes it doesn't just take so much out of you but it takes so much out of the people that are around you. Cancer is not just a person. It's like a systematic, it's a systematic thing. It may start in your body, but it's a seed and it spreads into every other area of your life. It spreads into your diet. It spreads into your, your well-being, your emotion, your spirit. It, 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 it spreads into your relationships. It impacts your relationships. It impacts your relationship with yourself. It impacts the relationship with you, with others. It, 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 it um, changes your interactions with people. Like even this morning at the grocery store, I swear to God, it's like people were like seven feet away from me. Maybe because I'm wearing my, my chemo hat on my head. And, um, you know, they, when you wear the chemo hat, they know, they know that you have cancer. But I also have a freaking, I'm walking around with um, my 
my drains. So that's probably another noticeable one. But it changes the whole dynamic of things. And I don't think people really get that, you know? Like, you don't get it. Um, You don't get it. Uh, I don't sit here and mope and I don't feel bad about myself. I just feel like... But I do feel like I'm really going to have to let my guard down. And I have to really be more understanding. And I have to really be more patient. And I really have to be everything around me. Because it isn't just you. I, I've, I've had someone tell me, oh, you know what? Cancer is selfish. You need to be selfish. And like... It's not a selfish thing. It's not something for you to be selfish. You've got to think about everybody around you because everyone makes up your care team. It isn't just your doctors. It isn't just your radiation. Your family supporting you. Your kids supporting you. Um, your friends who are trying to support you. That all makes up your care team. They all make up this whole thing. It's, it, it, it's not... It is systematic. It is, it, it is not soul person yes you may be the person that the cancer is in and dealing with but you have to now rely on an entire system of people for the remainder of your day-to-day going forward and for somebody especially new who's for me who's really really independent that is a big fucking thing sorry part of my French but when I start when I when I speak openly I do tend to swear I do speak raw and open um and I kind of say what's what's on my brain this is no you know lady etiquette I just kind of speak and just flow what's there um anyways I went from like a short (laughs) a short one yesterday to this one being like who knows what almost 30 minutes I don't know I feel like I said, like I said, the emotions they kind of come upon you, and then they and then they go, and then I have this little window here where I can record them. Um, anyways, I'm gonna wrap this up. <laughs> that was maybe a little bit of a bigger dose. Um, with me, but I did promise that I would uh, make up that post lipsectomy um, post I did last night. So I think I gave you a little bit more today and maybe a little bit more of what's going on in my head, but I think this is good enough for me at least to lighten some of what I'm feeling for the load this week. Um, Anyways, guys, thank you once again for listening in with me. Um, small doses with Frankie. I'll talk to you another time. Stay safe, everyone. Bye.